to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Hello, everyone. Hello. Thanks for being here today. Second of October. Can you believe we are in October? The 10th month of 2022. How did we get to here? And to blow your mind even just a little notch more, in 12 Sundays' time, we'll be celebrating Christmas here together. Woo! I am not ready for that. Absolutely not ready. Not one bit. I think I'm also hosting Christmas, so I might need to think about that. Over the past few months, though, we have had such a feast before us here at church. In June, Steve Cuss came and spoke to us on managing leadership anxiety. And for those of you who came along, you know it was for everybody because we all lead something in our lives, even if it is simply ourselves. And then July, Pastor Jace challenged us with pride versus humility. And ladies, in August, we got the power packed Pastor M trust word that she brought at She Day. And we've had other beautiful things, the wonderful series, His Church, One Body, which really helped us to know who we are, where we fit, who the church is, how we get along, how we serve one another and how we impact our world. We've been challenged to disrupt our patterns so we don't live conformed to the world but live godly lives. We were invited to read Mulholland's Invitation to a Journey. And the pastoral team here have been engaging with Peter Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, which has been amazing. Through an absolute September buffet of voices speaking into our relationships to arrive here today. What a feast. And this is where my books come in. I've actually read all three of these. I'm actually quite proud of myself that I got through them. But they have all been, so it's Steve Cass's book, Mal Holland's Invitation to a Journey and Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And we actually have this one uh, for sale after the service still for $10. $10, people. Two coffees. Grab yourself this. Great book to read, particularly with a pencil in hand. Annotate, make notes. It's a meaty, chewy heart read. And I've just found all of them to have been so helpful this year. And the sound that's come out of this feast has really been a sound encouraging us to grow up, hasn't it? It's been a little challenging, a little gritty, a little bit of a stretch. It's been quite humbling. Uh, It's been a spiritual journey of surrender and definitely growth. Alongside this, I have sensed Holy Spirit also calling us to our first love, and to a space of childlike faith. So we are in a season, people, of growing up and remaining childlike at the same time. What an awesome tension. Isn't that quite the paradox to kind of get your head around? I have to be a grown-up child or a childlike grown-up. What does that look like? I know. Well, thankfully, we have the Word of God. So in Romans 12... Paul encourages us like this. He says, For by the grace given me, so God has given him grace, I say to every one of you, that's us, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And we can see in these verses 
that we're called to be self-aware, to think of ourselves in a grown-up way with sober judgment. In the Holmans, it says, think sensibly. And that has just captured my imagination. I find myself telling myself, Genevieve, think sensibly. Come on. And so that's actually been really helpful for me because I think sober judgment, I don't know, it sounds a little bit, I don't know, legal maybe? I don't know, something, not me. But think sensibly, that I like. So we see here that God gives us the faith in order to do this. So we've got self-awareness and faith together in this verse. So it's not outside of what the disciples were called to do, what God has been calling his people to do for millennia. And we see that Jesus' disciples also wrestled with this paradox. And I love how it came out of their mouths. They want to know what value Jesus holds dear, how they fit in. And they say to Jesus, Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And I think there was a little sense of competitiveness. Is it me? Is it him? Surely he's not better than me. So I love that the disciples back then, the same as us now, wrestle these questions out. We're the same. We want to know who we are. What does Jesus value? What in me does he value? What does faith mean? Where do I fit? And Jesus responds to them in Matthew 18. He's very teachery. He has an object lesson. And it says, He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. Poor kid standing there surrounded by disciples. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So Jesus' answer to his adult disciples, to us, is to change to become more childlike. This is not our natural stance. Change is required. We naturally lean towards wanting to be grown up. I remember as a kid, I just bragged every time I got a new age to be. I was so excited to be a bigger, older number. I'm not in such a hurry now. But we do. We want to feel like we're grown up, that we know and that we understand, that we've, we've got it together. But Jesus is showing his disciples here that taking a humble, childlike posture is of more value in the kingdom and it's the way to be connected to him. Jesus links this attitude at the end of that verse to himself. If we desire to be more Christ-like, and hopefully as his followers that's what our heart is desiring, clearly childlikeness is key. In Mark 10, verses 13 to 16, we see Jesus interacting with children and again using them as an illustration of what is valued in his kingdom. It says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. So to see God's kingdom, to enter into it, 
to grow up into Christ-likeness, to be positioned for blessing, all require childlike faith. It's really easy for us wise Western grown-ups to think that childlike faith is blind faith. Blind leaping, naively believing something we don't understand. In other words, foolishness. But I really feel that Holy Spirit wants us to take a hold of the fact that childlike faith is a lot more intentional than that. And there's ways we can view it. Firstly, I believe that childlike faith is an exploring faith. Childlike faith is our active response to Jesus' call, come follow me. And it's a new environment following Jesus, isn't it? And it should be new every day for us. Anyone who has children has probably witnessed them in a new environment. And even the most timid of children eventually is a natural explorer. They will move, test, touch, taste. Anyone else got a child that used to lick things? Uh, In a new environment, pretty much until they are told not to, right? Until we tell them, "Uh uh-uh, no. They will just go for it and explore or unless something in the environment bumps their happy, then they're not so good. So when we consider Hagberg's stages of faith that Pastor M has, has preached on before, we can see that we are pretty set up for that stage one awareness of God. Through to stage two, discipleship learning, and stage three, the active life of serving. It's fun, It's testing. We explore. We find out who God is and who we are in Christ. And we live out a sense of that childlike faith, exploring faith. The problems arise when we come to what is referred to as the wall. So the wall isn't like a temporary inconvenience or a bad day. You know, if you watch kids when they're playing, they will pick themselves up and dust themselves off after a minor scuffle or tumble. The wall is something that stops us from exploring, halts our learning and shakes our faith. It's something big. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's grief. Grief of a person. Grief of a future hope. Grief of loss. Maybe it's confusion or deep doubt. Maybe something has happened in your world that's made you really question what you believe. Or maybe you're sitting in a season of unanswered prayer. It's actually the exploring nature of childlike faith that's going to get us through that. It's us coming to God again and again, not turning from him, not sitting stuck. It's exploring and figuring out, okay, I'm at the wall, but there's got to be a new facet to my God here. There's got to be something different here. And it's that that is going to help us continue to grow in our faith and get us through that wall to the other stages of faith that are beautiful and lead us to be a more Christ-like version of ourselves. Secondly then, childlike faith is a trusting faith. We need to, to hold on to trust. 
When my sister and I were young, we used to play this game. Here's my sister. Well, I didn't play the game. She played the game with our dad. She would stand on the dining room windowsill and leap off into dad's arms and he would catch her. And she would giggle and dad would laugh and it was a whole lot of fun. And dad would move around and step further back and still she would leap. And I was invited to join this game and I never did. I was too scared. I thought, wow, my sister is amazing. She is so brave. And she really was brave. But what Holy Spirit has revealed to me is that even though she was brave, the success of the game was in our father's posturing and readiness to catch her. Childlike faith is a trusting faith. Trusting that God will be there to catch us, even when it feels like he's not. Trusting that God is perfectly positioned for that, no matter what we're facing. Our circumstances don't change his ability to be in the perfect place for us. Trusting that his timing and plans are perfect and that he has a way through trusting that our God is who he says he is in his word. And people, that means we're reading the word, reminding ourselves what we're putting our trust in. Peter Scazzaro, in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, says, ultimately, God is the one who moves us through the wall. And with that comes mystery. How and when God takes us through the wall is up to him. Childlike faith, then is trusting that God is there, ready to catch us in and carry us through our tough seasons. And people, I don't say this lightly. I've walked this. This is not easy. It is far easier to sit down with your back up against the wall and cry and, and shut out the voices of anyone trying to encourage you, including Holy Spirits. But eventually that stuckness needs to shift. And so when we then reposition ourselves and say, all right, God, I'm going to trust you here, something beautiful happens. Can I have the beautiful band come and join me? Thirdly, Childlike faith is awe-embracing faith. Peter Scacero also says about this wall experience in our faith journey that one of the great fruits of the wall is a childlike, deepened love for mystery. We can rest more easily and live more freely on the other side of the wall, knowing God is in control and worthy of our trust. And young children have such a beautiful, innocent capacity to embrace mystery, don't they? If you think about Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy, they are quite happy to stand in awe of something that they really don't understand. But they like the fun of it. They like the awe of it. And we tend to lose this as we grow older and what we consider to be wiser. Yet Isaiah reminds us in chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, God says to us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There are things about our God that we know. He reveals himself to us through his word, 
through Jesus, sending Jesus and everything Jesus teaches us through Holy Spirit. But there is so much more, people, so much that we don't know or understand that we can't even imagine. So a childlike faith steps into a place of accepting the might, the mystery, the sovereignty of our God. A childlike faith lays down our tantruming demand to know and answer why and swaps it out for asking instead, who? Who are you, Lord, here today in my circumstances? Who do I need to be reminded that you are for me right now? childlike faith lays down the need to know and understand, but trusts that God is good, that he's in control no matter what surrounds us. Our childlike faith embraces the awe and the wonder of our God. He's really beautiful and he's mighty and he's powerful and loving and kind and mysterious. And sometimes the journey he takes us on is not what we expected at all. People, I didn't sign up to be a pastor. I studied to be a teacher. Here I am. Thank you, Jesus. And I love this. I wouldn't want to do anything else. US pastor and author John Mark Comer on his teachings podcast talks about those who are a little further ahead in a different season who've walked stuff out a little ahead of us. And he talks about those who have come to a place that he refers to as a second naivete of going full circle through cynicism, full crankiness, of being grown-up children who are characterised again by wonder, gratitude, joy and satiation, of being people who embody childlike wonder and the wisdom of old age in the same place. And I don't know about you, but that's the paradox I aspire to. I want to be a person of childlike wonder and the wisdom of old age and, and living my life with my Lord teaching me stuff. That's what I want to grow up into. So church, I believe that right now, today, Holy Spirit wants to meet each of you where you are at in your faith journey. Right where you're at. And in Mark 10, Jesus corrects His disciples for keeping the children away from Him. And what I've come to realise is I am the disciple that keeps me from Jesus. I'm the one. We are often the one. We are often the biggest blockage between the ache in our hearts and the Jesus that is the answer to it. And so this morning, let's not be that. Let's take a step together, church, towards a place of more childlike faith because the good news is as we lay down our opinions and our overthinking, manoeuvre past our perfectionism, lay down our stubbornness and self-reliance, and those are just my issues. You have your own list. As we come, as we run to Jesus with some childlike abandon, and even if all that looks like this morning is taking one small step, 
He is there. He is waiting. He is waiting to embrace you, to place His hands upon you and bless you today. He has blessing for us today. So church, I invite you to stand. We're going to come and worship and then we're going to have a time of prayer. And I I know Holy Spirit just has some things to to lift off us today, to shift in us today, to, to meet us in. And so I invite you this morning, come down onto the altar. Come now as we're about to sing. Take a step, position yourself. Come and stand here in awe in wonder. Come and stand on this altar and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I have not been particularly childlike in my faith. So I just invite us to move now. Come and stand and we are going to worship together. Thank you, Lord. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.